Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. But right now, we're going to hear from our senior leader, Ben Kendrew. We hope you enjoy today's message. We're going to start this series called Living Stones. And really, it's a series about who we are as God's church. It's really about the fundamentals of our Christian faith. And I want to encourage someone today. You're not going, it's not rocket science. We're not necessarily reinventing the wheel. Uh, we are diving into what God's Word says about who His people are in the New Testament church. And we're going to unpack over the next six weeks, three key fundamentals of who we are as is church. And I want to talk about it a little bit today about why we're doing this. And I want to set up the series and then across the next six weeks, our incredible preaching and teaching team in different locations are going to be sharing what God has shown them. And we're going to go on this journey together. But this is a series about being the church. Being is an important word. Not going to church, although that may play a part in being the church not doing church things, but what does it mean to be God's church? What does that mean when we gather like this, these amazing services, our weekend services, an opportunity to be all together in one place? But what does it mean to be the church on Tuesday? And what does it mean to be the church when I'm a 15-year-old at my high school or a 50-year-old in my last few years of work, perhaps? What does it mean to be the church? Living stones foundational, fundamental, building blocks of the Christian church. And our key text for the series is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. We're going to read that in a minute. And the New Living Translation, that the editors in compiling that version of the Bible have given the subtitle, Living Stones for God's House. I reckon that's pretty awesome, that we are living stones for a purpose, for the building of something great. We are the living stones. Any person hearing my voice today, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, God says, His Word says, that you are the living stones with which He is building His church. And that's the same for our kids right now out in the amazing Arise Kids program. Hey, can we take a moment and thank everyone involved in Arise Kids, their service, their ministry into the next generation. But our children are living stones. The teenagers in our homes our living stones, the children, the teenagers, and each person in every room today. The stones with which God is boldly building His house. A series about being the church today and every day. Let's read from First Peter this morning. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. The rock, the base, the foundation, the starting point, Jesus he was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for a great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Why are we doing this series now as we really launch into 2023 as Arise Church? Because we all need clarity. 
every person, every one of us, with all that happens in our life, with all that's vying for our attention, we always need reminding what matters most. We always need to come back to keep the main thing the main thing. Amen? So from this passage in 1 Peter and from Acts 2 at the the birthing of God's church, the New Testament church, we're going to spend these next few weeks unpacking what it is to be the church and three key devotions for us. And we're going to give two weeks to every devotion. We're going to do that on purpose because we're going to talk about what it means to be the church when we're together, like I mentioned. But each, each uh, devotion of the early church, we're also going to spend time talking about what it means midweek. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Monday to Saturday? Because we had an amazing time in worship this morning here at the Arise Center. But unfortunately, this team isn't with me on Wednesday afternoon. (laughs) Or they're not following us around, leading us into the presence of God at the school drop on Thursday morning. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47 say this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those who were in need. Verse 46 They worshiped together at the temple. That's awesome. They did it each day. And they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. We see in that short passage that the church, that Jesus birthed, that the Holy Spirit poured out on in the book of Acts, devoted themselves to some very important things, worshiping together. For everyone who's tuned in online or made their way to a service today, come on, why don't we congratulate ourselves for getting out of bed, for turning on, arise online and choosing to worship together. And they gathered in homes and they did it on the regular, not sporadic, not for significant events only, birthdays, anniversaries, but they chose to do this regularly. So they worshiped together and following Jesus. They were living in community with one another, and they were living on mission, making a difference in the lives of those around them. And as I said, we're not going to reinvent the wheel today. We're just going to hone in on why these are important and what it means for us to live these out. I actually believe this is going to be a greatly impacting series for our church. I believe it's going to grow us and not just grow a rise church, although we see in Acts, the faithfulness of God says that He'll add to the numbers if we continue to focus in on Him. But I believe it's going to grow you. It's going to grow me as the living stones that we are going to draw closer to God, become more like Christ as we not only look at how it's worked in a community, but how it's outworked in our day to day. Or as uh, many have said, when we are the church gathered and on Monday when we're the church scattered. What does it mean corporately and, and together as the church to be the living stones? What does it mean individually for me in my day to day? as the church, as the living stones, when we arrive back at work, 
when people go back to school this week, universities open in the coming weeks, when we connect with our sports club, we go to the mall, we're at a cafe, what does it mean to be the church? What do these devotions look like? And so today, to open our series, we're just going to spend our next few moments talking about the importance of living in community. And fellowship is what the Bible calls it with other believers. And specifically, I'm going to take today what it looks like once we leave these amazing services, once we go out into our world where God's placed us, once we head to our homes, our communities, once we head to work, school and university, what does it look like to be in the community of faith? So you can write this down today to start our notes. Living stones are connected stones. Living stones are connected stones. We are designed to belong. I'm sure many will remember, or maybe uh, you're new to the environment here at Arise in the last few months, but in November, we celebrated 20 years of Arise Church and all that God has done over the last two decades. And we had a moment in those services where in a moment of ministry and worship and thanksgiving to God, we spent the day telling the great story of what God has done, where we had rocks, stones, and every person was invited to write on the stones what one word that kind of encapsulated what God had done in this church in their life. And many people here in this location, and I know across every location, wrote words like family or community or ainga, or whānau, or belonging, home, family, connection. For so many people, that's what you've found here in this house. That's what the, the body of Christ has meant for you, a place of belonging. Maybe for you, you felt isolated and lonely in every other environment in your world, but in the house of God, it's where you found community, people who lift you up. Praise God! that He's knitted us together. This is fundamental to our faith, being built together. As we read, Christ is the cornerstone, and then each of us connected to Him and to one another. I mentioned it before as well, but I love the imagery of the cross. I love that there is one beam, vertical. It's a picture of us connecting with the eternal, with God. That's what Jesus did, uh, made a way for us to have relationship with God. And the other beam on the cross, the horizontal arms saying person to person, family member reconciled to family member, lost, being, lost son coming home to the father, that each person can be connected one to another. It's a beautiful picture. And we read uh, in Acts 2 before that the early church, well, they realized they were better together, right? Yeah. I'm sure each one of them were gifted, amazing individuals had a specific set of skills that maybe someone else didn't, but together they were better. They shared in their possessions. They were unified. They were connected because we are designed to belong. We know that we all need our people. I need my crew, my circle, my people, and so do you. We know that in, science, in sociology, it's now being shown that uh, particularly in the Western world, we are suffering from an epidemic of loneliness. That there have been studies that are showing that when people take surveys about what racks their, their mind the most, what's of most concern is that they are lonely or fearful of becoming lonely. As human beings, we yearn for connection, a place of belonging, fellowship, as the Bible calls it. And we know that that's only been exasperated in the last few years with a, 
with a health pandemic that's only exaggerated the loneliness epidemic. God created us for community. He created you to be in relationship with other people. It's your better together. We're better together. I want you to know today that Acts 2 is certainly not the only time that the Bible speaks about God positioning his people, his children, into community, into groups, into family. We read right at the beginning. I know many will know these passages, but I think it's important for us to get a grounding in the Word about why this is important. In Genesis, as God is creating humanity, the first time that he acknowledges that something he has created is not good is when he looks at Adam, his first man, and he said, it is not good for Adam to be lonely. He doesn't have a companion, to someone to journey with, to do life with. Genesis chapter 2, 18 is where the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. God created you to be in relationship. The psalmist wrote that when God sees that we aren't connected, that we're suffering from loneliness, that he knows, he understands, and he works to rectify that. Psalm 68. God places the lonely in families. That's the holy word of God. That's not a nice man-made phrase. That's spirit-inspired. When God finds someone lonely, he works to place them in community. All throughout the Old Testament, we find that the people of God function best in family, with phenonatunga, togetherness, and community, and fellowship. Even when uh, the Israelite nation possessed the promised land and Joshua leads them over the Jordan and they finally get to walk into the miracle, God doesn't give it to individuals. He gives the allotments of land to the tribes of Israel. That together you can work this land. Together you can live in this place. It's all through the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we find the writer of Hebrews urge us to encourage one another along. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return draws near. It's great to gather like this. This is important. Someone's going to talk about this in the series about the power of being together for worship and the word. But we can't sustain our spiritual life in an hour and a half on a Sunday. We need to be together. Jesus had disciples with whom he spent the majority of his time, But I also want you to know that it is written in the word that he was a dear friend of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. You can't be a close friend if you don't spend time, if you're not in community and relationship. We read all through the Gospels, Jesus was in homes, enjoying good food, praise God, gathering around tables, reclining in chairs, it says, connecting with other people. If Jesus lived in community, I know I need to live in community. Paul puts it all through his letters, gather in homes. He even says to Timothy that a church leader should enjoy having people in their home, that it's a a prerequisite for leading in the church, that you like to gather and be in fellowship. Simply put, I just want to make it clear today, theologically, it is very, very clear. We are designed for community. We are meant to be in fellowship. This is not just a good idea. This is a God idea. Living stones are connected stones. You could put it another way. Fellowship is a spiritual discipline. It's a very vogue phrase right now, and it should be through all of time, spiritual discipline. What will draw us closer to Jesus? Fellowship is one of them. 
one that we have to choose to engage in, to have real, meaningful Christian relationships. That's the way of Christ, and we need to cultivate those, have more connected relationships. Can I just make a quick point on discipleship? I thought it'd be good just to highlight this at the start of this series. Discipleship, or to become more like Christ as a follower of Him, it's actually done less in sitting in rows like most of us are today, hearing one person teach. Discipleship has done more sitting in circles, sitting in cars and discussing with our kids about the way of Jesus, sitting across coffee tables or at cafes or, or on a FaceTime or, or a group message with a bunch of people. Discipleship has done more in relationship and community than it is with someone speaking to us. An isolated Christian is a dangerous thing. It's much harder to follow Jesus alone and it's much easier to become weird while we do it. A connected Christian is much healthier. That's how we become well-rounded, broaden our perspective, supported and cared for, corrected when needed, challenged and encouraged. It's in community that we become mature in our faith. The great theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, the physical presence of other Christians is a source of incomparable joy and strength for the believer. To be together, actually sitting with someone else, walking in a park with other Christians, it can bring us great joy and great strength. And I don't know about you, but as I embark on this Christian journey in 2023, I need the joy of the Lord and I need strength that I can only get from people in our church family. Proverbs puts it this way, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I'm sure many will know the saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And, and that's apt, it's true, but we could also put it this way, show me your friends and I'll show you how your faith journey is going. Show me who you spend a lot of time with and I can show you whether you're running towards Christ or resisting the things of Jesus. Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. puts it this way, we need to check our circle. Check our circle. Here's a few questions I, I wanna leave with the church today. Just, you can write them down, you can consider them now, you could discuss them over lunch today. A few questions to help us check our circle. Outside of Sunday gatherings, when we're together for church services, how much interaction do I have in my week with other faithful Christians? Because I know for many of us, we need to get in the house of God here for a service. And then that's the last time we see a Christian, talk to a Christian, have someone pray with me, encourage me until next Sunday when I ask for prayer in the foyer. And you need someone to talk with on Tuesday. When I do connect with other Christians, now we're gonna go a bit deeper. Do I have real and meaningful conversations and relationships? Or like much of Aotearoa New Zealand, just keep things at a surface level, pleasantries. Yeah, she'll be right. We're good. All good. All goods, bro. Do I actually go there and tell someone how things are really going? Question number three, do the people in my circle only pump my tires? If you haven't heard that phrase, it's like someone who just gasses you up, just, just hypes you up. All hype and no truth. If that's all we've got in our circle, man, we feel good. But at some stage, that tire is going to burst. And when challenge comes, maybe those aren't the people to help us walk through that journey. Or on the flip side, are all the people in my circle only deflating my tires? <laughs> Keeping it real, Chris. 
telling me how it is, maybe all criticism, but no hope and encouragement. And I want to know that that's unhealthy as well. <laughs> Look, I don't think that we need to live away in silos from all of society with only other Christians. That, that's not the way that we reach this world with the truth and love of Jesus. Fellowship with other Christians will strengthen us to shine His light into our world, into our workplace, into our families. But we need the strength that comes from Christian community. In her book called Grit, Angela Duckworth recounts this story, the studies about these Olympic athletes, particularly swimmers, and it shows that, that even for an individual sport like competitive swimming, that the group that they are a part of plays a huge part in how far they go. There was a quote that said, in our team, it's normal to get up and train at 4 a.m. Without the team, that person will likely not get up at 4 a.m. But in our team, that's what we do. That's normal. If I'm in a group who are pursuing Jesus, it becomes more normal for me to pursue Jesus. Who you are around plays a huge part in our life. Do I want to develop spiritual disciplines, holy habits? Yes, I do. Well, I need to get around people who are doing the same, pursuing God the same. Do I want to become more like Christ? Oh, yes, I do. So I need to get around people who want to become more like Christ. Do I want to be a more effective witness for the gospel? Yes, I do. So I need to be around people who also want to be an effective witness for the gospel. And so our takeaway today, <laughs> you might feel like it's a setup, and it is. Join a life group. And I mean that. It's a clear and tangible way. I wholeheartedly endorse the power of life groups. I said at the start that today we would focus on on Christian community when we're outside of the church gathering, the Sunday gathering, because this is awesome, but it's not enough. Even the early church showed that we need to gather in homes as well. And I just want to say life groups are just a tool. It's a vehicle. It's a way of outworking the spiritual discipline. But for many of us, that's all we need. We just need the starting gun. We just need someone to help us set it all up. And that's called life group. And that's why we lean in to the power of life group to help us cultivate the spiritual discipline of fellowship. Look, they're not the only way of living out Christian fellowship, of course, but it's a great way to do community. The primary question for each one of us today, wherever we are, is are you in fellowship with other believers? And if the answer is no, but I'd love to be, then life groups will help. So I actually want to close today by sharing my life group testimony. Because <laughs> um, I need to make a confession. <clears throat> I didn't want to go to life group. My wife, Amy, and I and our three kids, we go to a family life group, meets fortnightly on a Wednesday night with other families of similar age. And we've been going to that life group for about six years. And I just want to say that six or seven years ago, it was the last thing I wanted to do around 5.30 on a Wednesday night. I just need to be honest with the church today. Is that okay for a pastor to be honest today? Uh, look, we were encouraged to go. We were invited along, the people that were leading it. We lead it now, but to be honest, everyone does their part. I just have to make sure I turn up, press play on the amazing content that the team have provided today. But, but really, we, we do it together. But at that stage, we were being invited along, encouraged to go. Amy was eager to go because she's obviously a lot closer to Jesus than me. And in that season with a busy life, three kids, our youngest was just a newborn. 
I was a young adult pastor, so I did get to young adult life groups just to hang out with the uni students and get amongst the party, and I thought that would do, but they weren't my people, right? My circle. And so I begrudgingly finally agreed, thinking, oh, I guess it would be good for the kids. <laughs> it has become a crucial discipline in my spiritual journey. These are the people who give me, as Bonhoeffer said, the greatest joy and strength. It's a place of learning and growing together. And as a pastor, I still need to be in environments where we do watch the short video. I mean, we got kids running around, so we do well to get through the 20-minute video. But then we talk, and someone asks a challenging question, and someone shares their perspective, and someone shares their perspective, and we grow together, and it helps me in my faith. It's a place of prayer and interceding. Over those six years, man, I couldn't tell you how many times we've stood in the gap, prayed for one another, and seen God move. We have seen marriages that were on the rocks, that were in a rough season, where God restored and strengthened, and now they're helping other marriages go through those journeys. We've seen God meet business needs. We've seen in our life group, severe mental health issues. God move in a powerful way and connect people one to another and strengthen them. We've seen physical healing. We've seen constant parenting challenges. I mean, every week we're like, okay, what do you do with this situation? And God moves. It's been a place of faith being lifted. Not just, you know, patted on the back. What do I mean by that? Many years ago, Amy and I were trying to sell our first home and it had been on the market for months and we'd put a lot of time and energy trying to get this little ex-state house up for resale and we'd had offers falling through and, and it was just taking ages and we, would, we were really dejected. We had a potential buyer. We thought we were over the line. On a Wednesday at about 5 p.m., we got a call from our real estate agent saying, sorry, it's fallen through, she can't do it. And that's just as we're packing up to go to life group. And we honestly were like, I don't think I want to go. I'm so flat. This sucks. But, you know, the dinner was made. Kids were, well, I have to deal with them at home. I might as well take them to life group. <laughs> that was part of my not keenness. I got my kids to deal with. Why would I share 5.30 to 7 with other people's kids? That sounds like carnage. But we're better together. I mean that. But we went, and on sharing what had just happened, to a T, every couple at Life Group that night had a testimony of a challenge in their home, an earthquake uh, insurance battle, or their first home not selling, or some challenge that they'd had in real estate, and they prayed for us, and I stood in that room with tears in my eyes saying, God, you are faithful. I believe, I believe again, I trust you again, because look at what you've done in my circle. My faith was lifted. It's the place of deep support, encouragement, and accountability. In the last year for Amy and I, as uh, the craziest of journeys has unfolded, these were some of the people that would ring me up just on a whim, send you a message with a verse, say, man, how are you going? These are the people that would ask the real questions. It was one of my friends in life group that said to me one day, hey, man, I, I, I'm aware that under immense pressure, people turn to all kinds of things like alcohol. Hey, Ben, are, are you drinking very much? A real friend. That's what happens in life group. 
protecting one another, stewarding one another, championing one another. These are the people I soundboard off. Ring them up about a thought I've got about something. What do you think about that? And they might be like, no. (laughs) Or they might say, go for it. That sounds amazing. What I wanted to share was it has changed my life. The spiritual discipline of fellowship, outwork through a life group, can change your life, transform your family, and bless you. Amen? In every location, why doesn't the worship team come and join me today? We all need a community of faith. I love that phrase particularly, community of faith, because it describes better who we are than what we do at church. We are a community of faith, of believers in Jesus. And that is outworked when we gather for worship like this. And it's outworked when someone calls you up and says, hey man, I've just been praying for you and I just wanted you to know, dot, dot, dot. You know, there's like an offshoot from our life group now where three or four of the guys were having a a morning prayer meeting on a video call that I heard them talking about and I just invited myself. Can I join in on that? Every Friday at 6 a.m. now, I'm on a video call with guys from my life group and another life group, and we're praying for our families, praying for businesses. Changes my life. We don't go to church. We are the church. You are the church. The living stones that God is building His great and glorious church with. And living stones are connected stones. So yep, we can help you find a life group. You can search online. You can talk to someone in the foyer of your location. We want to make it happen. Maybe this year you could start one. There's not one in your neighborhood. You could be the answer for other people. We cannot sustain our faith by ourselves. But I also want to know that you've got something. want you to know that you've got something that other people need. And that's outworked in relationship. Iron only sharpens iron when it gets close. When it rubs. There might even be some friction if you think about iron sharpening iron. But that's what we need to become more like Christ and to shine His light to a nation that desperately needs the truth and love of Jesus. So we do it together. Amen? This is God's design. A foundation stone to live in Christian community. So we become more like Christ and in doing so, show His love to a world that does not yet know it. Right across this place and in every location, can we stand to our feet? I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray that God would knit us together, connect us to one another. I'm gonna pray that seeds from the Word and my testimony would speak to someone's heart and that this week you would actively pursue Christian community. I'm gonna pray that those who are already in healthy Christian community would actually help others find their spot. We're going to pray, then we're going to sing a beautiful song of worship to our God. We'll release every location. Come on, in every place. Can you close your eyes? God, I thank you for your design. I thank you that when we try to do things in our own way, we may fall over, but when we do things in your design, we can find life in all its abundance. And I declare and I know that community fellowship is your design 
God, as we dive into the fundamentals of your of faith, as we dive into what it is to be your church, God, would we begin by knitting together? Would you unite us? Would you strengthen bonds? Would you rekindle relationships? Would you reconcile fractured relationships? Would you place us in community in a sense of belonging? God, I pray right now the promise of your word that you would set the lonely into families. God, for anyone lonely in Whangarei right now, anyone lonely in Selwyn right now, Lord, that they would find people that You've brought for such a time as this to lift them up, to strengthen them. God, we thank You. Your design is that we wouldn't do it alone, but that we would go together, stronger together, connected as Your body. In Jesus' mighty Name. And every person said, Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we thank our God today? Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.